Welcome, welcome. We're so glad to have you back with us. I have a very dear young woman with me here today, um, Kaylee Blankenship Scott. And I call her Kaylee Blankenship Scott because she was Kaylee Blankenship to me. Um, She's now the the, um, semi-newly married Kaylee Scott. She and my daughter, Kylie, were very, very, very good friends. Kylie was in her wedding. They were roommates. They just got done being in their other roommate's wedding a couple of weeks ago. And so I got to know Kaylee. That's how I met Kaylee. And Kaylee um, is going to be a lot of fun to talk to today because she's just got a great energy about her, but she's been through a lot this week. She's like all those little things that you heard about in COVID that people had to go through. She did them all. She had a wedding during COVID. She became a teacher during COVID. She's launched her own little, great little side business during COVID. She's learned a lot about relationships during COVID and I think learned a lot about what she believes herself as an adult woman. That's sometimes different than other people around her as she grows and learns more about who she is and who she is as um, a grown up in in this world that's been you know so interesting and she's had to navigate all of these challenges over the last couple of years. So I'm super excited for you to hear from her. Kaylee is people centered. Kaylee is thoughtful. Kaylee is driven, and Kaylee is caring. For more information on Kaylee. Uh, as always, see the show notes. Um, I will write a blog before this episode so you can learn more about her. A little sneak peek in the blog on this episode. Follow us at Embracing Layers on Instagram and then also find this information at embracinglayers.com. All right, Kaylee, thank you for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to it. Good, good, good. All right, it was so funny. I was telling Kaylee before, when you have three daughters, like I do, you have access to a lot of really great women, but I've always, I'm kind of trying to set this boundary around, is it okay with my daughters if I talk to some of their friends? And so I've learned that I kind of let them come to me (laughs) with their friends. And so I was starting to think, gosh, I would really love to talk to Kaylee. And literally like 12 hours later, Kylie texted me and said, hey mom, you should talk to Kaylee. I'm like, excellent. I wanted (laughs) to do that. I'm so glad that you, you suggested that. So that's, that's how we landed here. How are you? I've been doing well. It's definitely like you kind of mentioned, it's been crazy. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of the past couple of weeks, but things are really, really good. I actually, we were given an extra day off of school last week after Veterans Day. Oh, so we had Thursday off and then they gave us Friday, which is unexpected. Nice. And so my friend and I took a little getaway to the beach and we were able to just relax And the whole purpose of the day was to relax and reflect. And that's really what we did. You know, I was like, you know, maybe I'll do some schoolwork, but that didn't happen. But we were able to sit in the hot tub and we were able to just kind of talk about how things have been going. And that's why I think it's like so crazy that you asked me to be on the podcast at this time. And then specifically this day, because when you um, originally reached out, you know, it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, well, can we just wait a couple of weeks? Like it's kind of crazy. And so yeah. I think the timing was just so perfect that I was able to have that weekend to just really think about all the things that we're going to talk about today. So I definitely feel refreshed and things, you know, are on my mind. So I'm just excited to kind of process them with you today. Yay. That's, that's, I love that. Oh, I love that so much. I'm so excited. Okay. So you, you did this last weekend, but talk to me how you prioritize self-care in your life and what that looks like for you. And I think that's taken on even more of a new meaning for you in this last couple of years with all of these transitions and changes and teaching and getting married and, and have having to move so many things and graduating all of this in this last crazy couple of years. So um, never would self-care ever become more valuable. So talk to me about that. Yeah, I think as I was kind of thinking about these things, I was like, 
where did I initially think about self-care? And I feel like the biggest thing that you see is like kind of in movies and TV shows. And when yeah. you see self-care, people are, you know, having a bubble bath, like a glass of wine or a face mask. And so to me, I feel like a lot of times that's what I thought self-care was. It's like mm. taking a bubble bath, which don't get me wrong. And I'm going to talk about this on things that <laughs> me, but I, I do love that time. But I think just learning that it's not always about caring for your physical body, but obviously so much deeper and the layers that you have and caring for your mental health and your emotional health and your spiritual health. And so I think I've been learning so much about what self-care really is and that it can look Mm. different, you know, at different times of your life, but also just to reach all different needs that you have. Um, And so, you know, sometimes I do want to have the bubble bath and I do need to just sit and, you know, kind of just have alone time. But I also have learned and my dad has taught me a lot about active rest. Mm. Oh, I like that. I love that term. That that is his term. And I tell you, he used to tell me and I was like, please stop talking about this. Like I <laughs> don't get it. And I'm starting to understand what he means by it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's easy when life is really busy and it is really busy for me. I feel like I'm used to it being really busy that, you know, sometimes things can feel like a burden. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I have to, you know, have dinner with my friends tonight. And you know, instead of saying like, I have to do something, it's like, I get to do something. That's always another thing that he says. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously having dinner with your friends is not something that should feel like a burden, but sometimes when you're so busy, it's like, oh man, I just really wish I could stay home tonight and just relax. And so I've been learning that I can actively rest and I can be away from the home and I can still feel very much grounded and at peace especially, you know, with the certain people yeah. in your life that you spend the time with. Sure. Um, and so just kind of learning that aspect of what self-care can look like. And, you know, it can be with other people and having those conversations. And I'm such an external processor. <laughs> so sometimes I need to just get it out. Yeah. And I don't want someone to try to fix it for me. I just right. want to let them listen, which is a whole deeper thing, you know, but yeah. Um, kind of just like being able to identify what I need and allowing myself to be like, okay, how am I feeling? You know, what could I do to help myself change this feeling or adapt to the situation and just learning from there? So I think asking myself those questions has helped me figure out what self-care will look like in whatever situation I'm in. Yeah, I love that. I love how you've differentiated that out and talked about it, it's not the same all the time. It depends on how I'm feeling. So I have to analyze where I'm at and what's going to best serve me in that situation. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, that's such a good tip because I think we kind of get locked into those things, like you said, mm-hmm. and it's not the same for everybody. And it's not even the same for us all the time. And, and it, addressing that, so you actually get what's going to be most beneficial and helpful. Mm-hmm. All right. I love, I love that so much. Okay. So we're going to talk about next confidently setting boundaries. Um, I think as you have gone through all of these changes um, and you and Garrett have been together for a while, that's not new. This is not like, you know, you don't, but it's still different when you get married and you're in a house together and you still are, then you're officially, Oh, those family members and those people are like my family. Now there's no, so navigating those boundaries, the time for yourselves, because you live close to all the parents too. So making time and space for you as a couple and, yeah. Talk to me about the boundaries piece and just, and also to you, like you're teaching, you're giving your energy into so many places. So, yeah. yeah. So talk about that. Yeah. So to start, I guess, in relationships, especially with Garrett, like you mentioned, so we started dating my freshman year of high school. So I yeah. was 15 and he was 16 and we dated through high school, through college. We went to different colleges. And so we did distance for four years. And then, like you said, we had a COVID wedding. So we were supposed to get married right after graduation. But because of all the unknowns, we actually ended up moving it up and doing it in March instead of May. And so, you know, that was definitely unexpected. And it kind of, not that we weren't ready, we had seven years to kind of, (laughs) you know, but it was like, oh, like, okay, we're doing it right now. Um, And so I think, you know, with us, because we have been together 
for a while. And obviously, you know, seven years isn't a crazy amount or when well, yeah. I've been eight since we've been married for a year. Yeah. Um, but I think with boundaries and that aspect, I feel like in a lot of ways, we don't really have them. I feel like we're very open and vulnerable because it's like, when I think about Garrett, I feel like there wasn't much before him, which sounds kind of silly because obviously I had 15 years of life before yeah. I met him. Yeah. But, and luckily for me, I feel like there was no major life experience or any kind of like traumatic experience sure. that I might've had before meeting him. And so it's like, when I think of our relationship, I, I feel like he's been here for everything. And yeah. um, I feel like he, you know, feels the same for me. And so it's not of like, it's not really relearning someone because it's like, we've gone through all the major things together at this sure. point. Um, but I think the biggest thing with boundaries is kind of what you mentioned with like family dynamics. Mm-hmm. And we are really close to all the family, which is amazing. And I'm so grateful for that. But uh, we read a book in our premarital counseling called Ready to Wed. Mm. And a big chapter in that was leading and cleaving and and you cling to your partner. And I was like, Oh, that is so easy. Like, I feel like we do that already. You know, I don't feel like I'm tied to my parents by any means, but it's been interesting that now that, you know, we have been married, I feel times, especially when I'm trying to make a big decision where it's like, I want that validation from my parents because Mm -hmm. I just, I look up to them so much. I have a really, really close relationship with them. And so I feel like I need to call them about every little thing. And so a big thing that I have been learning is where to set those boundaries, especially in respect to Garrett's, um, his Mm. views and his own boundaries, because I feel like for me, like I said, I'm an external processor. I feel like I'm an open book. It's like, you know, it's never intentional of, I want to go spill, you know, your dirty laundry to my family, but it's, I want to, you know, hear their advice. And both of my parents were in previous marriages before mm, each other. Yeah. And so, you know, they've learned a lot, you know, sure. from their mistakes, but also from their success that they found. And so it's like, well, if we just ask them their opinion, you know, we don't have to put <laughs> the hardship, but that makes sense to me. Um, but learning that just because I'm open to share things and to talk with certain people in my life about him doesn't mean that he is. And especially when, you know, he's a big part of that situation, wherever it may be that, you know, having that permission, which kind of goes with like expectations too, of Mm -hmm. what is okay to share and what should stay between us. Yeah. So that's definitely been something that's been interesting in that, you know, like I said, I didn't really think it would come up for us. I was like, oh, you know, we got this. But yeah, as we kind of dive into that is just like learning that, you know, he values respect so much, which was another part of our book that we read. And one of the biggest things that stood out to me was that a lot of times women value being loved mm-hmm. and men value being respected. And I had never really thought of it that way. Obviously we yeah. both value the other, you know, I, sure, I want to be sure. respected too, but feeling loved is something that I value much more than being respected. And he yeah. values being respected much more than feeling love, which to me, I'm like, that is crazy. Like, <laughs> why would you feel that way? Um, but just kind of learning that and knowing that going in, it's like, you know, when I call my dad to ask him his opinion, that makes Garrett feel like he's not being respected and that I don't mm. trust his opinion or value his opinion. And so I think just learning that, you know, I chose him as my life partner. So mm. I am going to make these decisions with him. And yes, there's times when we can go elsewhere and have, you know, advice from people that we really value and admire. But then there's other times when, you know, sometimes you just have to have the consequences of whatever you decide, whether that's good or bad, and you decide together yeah. and you deal with the consequences together. So, and that's a huge thing that I have learned. Yeah. And I think it was really different when we got married from just dating because those decisions, you know, aren't yours as a couple. Right. You, know, you have your parents that are still kind of over you. Yeah. And guiding. Leave, yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, we're on our own and, and we value that independence from our families. Sure. Um, but it's like finding that balance too, I think was definitely something that was difficult. Um, but it's been really good to learn and understand, you know, him a little bit deeper in that aspect. 
Um, but with boundaries with school and work, that has definitely been a huge part um, that I've been learning. And especially going from my first year of teaching yeah. to my second year, it has been just dramatically different. Um, you know, like you said, my first year was in COVID. And so we started virtually and then we came back hybrid. So I had some students in class and some students at home. And so I had to balance that. And then we came back fully in person and we're like, oh, things are good. But then we went back virtual after Christmas break. And we came virtual for a little bit. And then we went back in person. So it was just so back and forth. I'm I'm dizzy just listening to all (laughs) of that. I don't even know what you said. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I was just going to say, I can't imagine trying to find boundaries and self-care within that. Yeah. It, and it was really difficult. And I honestly, I don't, I don't think I did it very well. And mm. so I think that, you know, especially because one, it was COVID and it was crazy for even veteran teachers, but yeah. two, I had never taught before. So yeah. I you know, had my own class and I had to make decisions, but I also had to learn the content that I was teaching. And, mm. um, I was in third grade, which was not, or I'm still in third grade, but that wasn't my preference actually going into looking for jobs. I was looking for younger grades. And so, you know, the content of kindergarten is a little bit different than the content <laughs> of third. Yeah. <laughs> that really scared me because I was like, man, I, I don't remember the three branches of government. But <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing what sticks and what doesn't? That's so yes. funny. And yeah. I was like, I'm sure I learned these things at some point, but I just really did not remember them. Yeah. So last year, you know, was a lot of relearning the things, but also because we were virtual, we had to make the slideshows because you can't just talk to a bunch of eight-year-olds. They have to have yeah. some kind of visual. Yeah. So I would spend, you know, so much time before school and after school. And then once I got home, I would be spending time until I went to bed. And then on the weekends, it was like... Saturday or Sunday afternoons, I would spend like six hours on school, just prepping for the week. And I felt like at the time, those things had to be done. And I'm not saying that I don't think that they did. I think I could have been better about setting boundaries at the time. But it was also just new and exciting for me. And now when I think about doing that, I'm like, that sounds horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's been something that going into my second year, I knew I was like, that is not sustainable. I think it had to be done the first year, just survive. But now, you know, the slides are made. Now I've taught the content one time. I'm familiar with it. I, I have, you know, somewhat classroom management that seemed to work last year. And so I've actually been just kind of like complete 180 of where I feel like I'm not doing enough. Mm. And I've really been struggling, especially at the beginning of the year of just feeling guilty. Um, wow. I'm also a three on the Enneagram. So uh, I'm very much an yeah. and so thinking that I'm not doing enough and that could be affecting their success mm. has been really, really hard for me. Yeah. Um, and I definitely can't say that I, you know, have figured it out yet. It's only November. Yeah. But I think that I'm starting, you know, to learn that it's okay to not do all the things. Yeah. And, you know, it's like last year I would see teachers leave at the bell and I was like, how in the world do they do that? Like, when do they do all the things? Yeah. And I'm starting to just, you know, set those boundaries of like, you know, maybe like once a week I'll stay late, but the other days I'm going to try to leave, you know, quickly. If I have to do a couple of things before, that's okay. Also just using my time at school. Mm-hmm. more wisely and you know during specials not sitting on my phone scrolling through Instagram but trying yeah. to get work done but that can be hard too because sometimes you know you just need a second to yeah. just sit in silence and not have yeah. your name called for me. <laughs> well, so I think boundaries in a job like teaching can be just so difficult because it's not a nine to five and it's yeah. not a job that you can't take home and sure. you know you have to prepare beforehand in order to have something to do when you get to school and there's nothing worse than not feeling prepared and feeling like you know you're just flying by the seat of your pants all day yeah so I think you know trying to figure that out and I think maybe like I have to do a little something even if I don't want to and even though it's not as exciting as it was for me last year you know doing enough extra to feel prepared but also you know holding strong to the values that I do have with my family and with Garrett. 
Yeah. And starting a new little business has thrown a wrench into that. Um, So I have recently started a little charcuterie business um, and it's called Grades and Grays. So I incorporate teaching with making charcuterie boards and like grazing tables. So and these things are, she's not doing it justice. These things, she can take anything. <laughs> it's not just your classic charcuterie, like a little cheese, a little meat. Or, I mean, she does all kinds. There's fruit ones and pastry. I mean, I, every time I look at it, I'm like, why do I, Kylie's not in North Carolina anymore. I can't, I can't go have one of those like next week. I, I mean, <laughs> but so North Carolina friends, oh my gosh, you're going to, this will be in the show notes and in the um, resources. So you can follow this and I'll tag it, but you're going to want to see what she puts together. I'm sorry. I interrupted, but I had to like, no, it's promote that. Fine. I love the affirmation. It makes me feel good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so starting that I've been doing it for a little over a month now and it just kind of just came out of nowhere. I really wasn't doing a lot of boards. I got a random Christmas gift last year. That was a little book of like how to make boards and then a small board itself. Sure. And so I just kind of, you know, started dabbling with it. And then recently my family was like, I feel like you could sell these and like actually make money off of it. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just like, like you said, just like putting meat and cheese on a board. (laughs) It's nothing special. But then one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a little Instagram and post, you know, a little picture and just see what happens. And, you know, it kind of exploded. You know, it did so well the first month. And I was like, what is happening? (laughs) And just like I ended up buying a fridge to put in my garage because I needed a place to store, you know, the food and the boards once they were done. And I was like, I don't know run a business. I was an education major, not a business major. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, but Garrett's, he, his family knows about the business stuff. So you've, oh, got, yes. you've got good insights. So how, so my question is for you on this with the boundaries. How do you make that space? I'm like, okay, this is because I, I sense that you really love doing this. Like this is a really where your creativity shows up. Um, so, which is nice when you're doing something like that, because it doesn't always feel like work, but it still takes time and prep and there's orders. So how do you, you carve out, this is teaching time. This is me time. Like you went last weekend with your friend and took some time for reflection, which was great, you know, space, but how do you manage that? Cause you got all those different spaces going on. You know, when I figure that out, I, I like <laughs> That's a really great question. (laughs) But I love Um, that though. I love that though, that figuring out, because I think so many times we are figuring things out. And sometimes I've quoted this a lot, but Sierra said this in an episode we did about sometimes you don't need to know you need a boundary until you bump into something. You're like, oh, Mm -hmm. what? Hold on. I need a boundary there. And, and so, but yeah, I love what you said about the teaching too. And just what you learn. Sometimes you got to learn those things. You're like, okay, wait a minute. Okay, I don't need to feel guilty about this. Okay, I need to take this space. It's okay for me to leave at the bell today. I'm only going to stay late this week because I got to be refreshed for these kids. And I also want to give good time to my partner, to friends, to family. So, you know, just that recognition is so many times. Like I said, you kind of bumped into the wall. You saw, okay, now I need to do this. <laughs> I need to create space yeah. there. And something you said with you and Garrett too, and talking about this, and Sierra and Tim mentioned this, and I thought it was beautiful. And I think this kind of applies to you and Garrett too, and maybe you just don't know it yet, is they use the term guidepost for their relationship mm-hmm. rather than boundaries because. Tim said it really well. He was like, boundary feels like something where I'm saying, no, you can't come here. And with my partner, it's like, you can come anywhere, but this is how I need you to come with me on this. And I feel like kind of more so, especially because you and Garrett know each other so well, and you essentially grew up together uh, in a lot of ways, that guideposts might be the, the terminology that's almost... More and, and and that was kind of a perfect example when you're talking about recognizing because you and Kylie are both you're those external processors and so just being aware that you know I am but my partner's not necessarily and so it's like okay let's talk about the guidepost for this okay you this one feels a little more sacred like it should be between us so that one isn't something that we'll go and take out to my my girlfriends or my parents and but I feel like guidepost is really more of a word for you all than, than boundaries, because it's like how to do it. How do we do this together rather than no, not here or yes, here kind of thing. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, and I actually listened to that podcast, and so many times I was like, "Yes, that is so good." <laughs> and I was like, "I want to, I want to reiterate those things in mind, but not feel like you know I'm stealing their ideas." But that was something specifically that I was like, "Yes," because it does feel like you're saying, you know, "Like you're not allowed to see this side of me or right. enter this part of me," and that feels so wrong. Like as like with your yeah. partner, and so yeah, um, just knowing that there's parts, you know, that. You have to, and I think Sierra mentioned this too about, you know, be more like gentle with this part, like with my arm, yeah. if I had a wound, it's like, you can't, you know, you're not just never going to touch it, but just, you know, be gentle with it and yeah. like be more mindful around it. And so, yeah, I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I love that. And I really feel like I, you know, I completely agree with that and relate yeah. to that in my own relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, taking care of emotional health as much as our physical health. And you touched on this earlier, which is that recognizing when you need to do a self-care that's more physically related versus one that's more emotionally related. Um, but just talk about how those are connected, because I think even as being a student athlete, you kind of saw this mm-hmm. play out a lot, um, how connected the emotional and the physical health are. So talk about that. Yeah, being a student athlete is definitely what comes to mind because, you know, ever since I was old enough to pick up a softball, I've been playing. And a big part of that is obviously your physical health. And in college, I was a slapper and I played outfield. So a big part of that was my speed, which, you know, is all about my legs. So I felt like I was always trying to protect my legs, make sure that they were stretched. And it was cold. I would stretch longer and, you know, really caring to that physical health and, you know, going to the gym often. And I feel like since I left college, it's been so much more of my emotional health because it's like, I'm not required to do those things physically, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's been hard because I've actually, I do desire to feed my, like my physical health more because I feel like that has kind of been something that has been on the back burner because it did feel almost like a burden of like, mm. okay, we have to practice every day. We got to go to the gym this certain times, we got to run, you know, this amount. And so when I left college, I was like, Oh, I don't even want to look at a weight for a long time. <laughs> and so I think I'm starting, you know, I want to incorporate that back into my routine, but instead of having like a six pack and trying, you know, to look a certain way in order to perform, I want my physical health to be, you know, connected with my emotional health. And I want it, I want to exercise because it makes my body feel better. Not because I'm trying to look a certain way or do a certain thing, but I want to feel better, you know, and like healthier. And I definitely could tell once I you know, graduated and moved home, my body changed a lot in this past year because I wasn't doing such demanding exercises and exercising for hours a day. And so I have noticed those changes and it has been a little bit difficult for me to kind of process the change that my body has been going through. And although it hasn't been, you know, something extremely significant, it's been a change. Right. And so, you know, learning how to feed that and to help my physical health, but also not making it of something that again, like I have to do, I, I have to go work out, but wanting to, because I see the benefits of it. Yeah. And like you said, you know, did I think emotional health and physical health and mental health and spiritual health, they all are interconnected and yeah. you really can't have one without the other. But I think yeah. it's been so interesting that the past year I've been focusing much more on the emotional and spiritual side yeah. of things. And it's like, okay, well, now that I feel like I, you know, have a little better understanding of where I'm at there, I want to bring this aspect back in to feel more well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. A holistic, Mm -hmm. holistic connection. Absolutely. All right. How can we support ourselves and other women in living unapologetically? And I think this is an interesting one because you've been on a team and dynamics on teams can be challenging. And and you're dealing with your own expectations and in your own feelings, but you're also competing with teammates, but you also need to be a team. So you need to be for each other, but you're competing with each other. I mean, there's a lot of conflicting things going on there. And then also at, you're teaching kids. I mean, so you're, you're kind of modeling to them. This is, you know, this is 
what life looks like and this is how you should mm-hmm. learn and be and 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 process helping them process all their little emotions that they're <laughs> that they're going through. So talk about how we can support ourselves and other women in living unapologetically. I think this has been a really big um, lesson I've been learning since entering the workplace and then, mm. you know, in a career type job versus a summer job in college. Sure. And like you said, you know, I've been on many a teams, I've had leadership roles and it can be really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. And I am very much a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And so when you are in these leadership roles, you know, you want to make everybody happy and you don't want to stir the pot. And although you might have to make difficult decisions, it's like, I would always try to say it in a way that wouldn't upset people or, you know, it was more of catering to others' needs versus my own. And sometimes, you know, sacrificing my own values because I was just trying so hard to make other people feel safe or, you know, feel understood. And so I think coming into the workplace, for some reason, I thought, it was going to be so different. I was like, you know, these are mature adults. It's going to be very different. You know, they're not going to be like the college drama that I dealt with. But unfortunately, you know, we're <laughs> all human. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we're all flawed. And so I think the biggest thing I've learned, you know, now that I've been at my school for a year now, is that I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea and yeah. they're not going to be mine. And that's okay. Yeah, And I don't need to put on a show in order to, you know, make a friend at school. And, you know, if my values are different from theirs, that's perfectly fine. We don't have to be best friends. You know, we can have a friendly relationship, but it doesn't need to necessarily be more than that. And I think learning that also has been difficult because I'm a very relational person Mm -hmm. and that's something that is really important to me. So I feel the need, you know, to be best friends with everybody at work and to tell them which goes into boundaries of, I feel like in order to create those relationships, I need to be vulnerable and tell them what's going on. Yeah. And it's like, Hold on. you know, that's, that's not okay all the time. And you have to be careful where we do those things and with who we do them. Yeah. Um, and so I think just learning that, learning more about myself and falling in love with who I am Mm. and really understanding my values and knowing that, you know, I'm not willing to compromise them just like this year. It's like, I'm not willing to compromise my time and my relationships outside of school, um, you know, to fit in these, you know, quote unquote expectations that, you know, were put on as teachers. And Mm -hmm. so just, you know, encouraging other people to really love yourself first and to understand yourself and to know what's important to you and that it's okay, you know, to not, you know, have a super deep and intimate relationship with everybody, whether it's at your workplace or just, you know, even family, you know, sometimes we have to be mindful with family of, you know, who we let into certain aspects. And, you know, if we can just stay true to who we are and we can encourage that for other people. And I feel, I feel like our relationships will get much stronger and much healthier. Well, and healthy with the people that want to be healthy too. And which kind of goes nicely into um, the next couple of things. Let's go into talking about expectations and Again, going back to being a people pleaser, and I've seen this in action with you mm-hmm. and I've, and it's really, and Kylie and I, you know, had conversations about how you've really kind of grown into yourself and gotten more confident in who you are and mm-hmm. living by your expectations and not those ones that are all around you. Um, so talk about that. Yeah. And I think, like I mentioned, being a three on the Enneagram, one trait of that is that you do kind of adapt to the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Yes. So whoever you're with at the time. Yeah. Yeah. You try to, you know, connect with them and you might change your behavior or the way that you speak or the things you're speaking about in order to make those connections. And I don't think it's in a malicious way. Right. You know, like, I don't know. It's like, I don't think I want to be like that, but it's like, I'm just trying 
so hard to make connections with people because that's important to me. Yeah. But I, in doing so, I lose myself. Yeah. And so I think I've started to learn like, and you know, it goes in with the layers aspect of just mm-hmm. diving in to who am I? And like, it sounds so kind of cliche, but it's like at the core, who am I? And what are mm-hmm. the most important values to myself? And how can I protect those? Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the expectations, it's like, I can't expect myself to do all the things and, yeah. you know, to love on all the people. It's like, I have to protect my own self first. Yeah. 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 No, I love to hear you say that. And just, and just, and being confident in that. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be tricky, especially when people are used to you being a certain way, you know, especially because you live around a lot of people that have always known you a certain way. So how has that been as you're coming into this? Has that been tricky to communicate or is how is that? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think because I do feel like I've gained confidence and, you know, sometimes I might be more outspoken than I have in the past or share an opinion that is really strong because I've learned that this is something that's really important to me. Yeah. And, and, you know, that can come across in a negative way to some people of Mm -hmm. your, you know, you're being overpowering and, you know, you, especially I feel like in this day and age, there's so many topics that are like hot topics that you can't speak on and it's really hush hush. And so I think it's hard to, you know, find the balance of, I, I have these things that are important and I want to share them and I feel confidently in how I believe, but also, you know, not wanting to step on anybody else's toes or, yeah. you know, offend them, which is kind of like the people pleasing aspect yeah. and, you know, just trying to kind of maneuver that and, you know, knowing what is important to me, but also creating the boundaries with other people that I know. Yeah. Um, especially because like Kylie and I, we are so different and yes. you, you know, you recognized it firsthand Yeah, and we, cause we were together a couple of weeks ago and it's still so baffling to us when we sit together because we're like, <laughs> man, our friendship makes absolutely no sense to the average person. <laughs> and even like my parents have said things or like, I know she said she's talked to y'all about it before. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how in the world are our friends? Like you're polar <laughs> opposites in some areas, yes. but in others, we're not at all. And we're so yeah. similar. Yeah. And a lot of all of like these things that we're talking about, she's taught me. And I told mm-hmm. her that, you know, as this was coming up, I was like, I have to credit that to you. So if you're listening, Kai, <laughs> <laughs> I never really understood what it meant to, you know, reflect and how you mm. could do that. And I feel like growing up, a lot of it was like, you know, sometimes hard things happen and we got to pull up our bootstraps and we got to keep going. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of value in that at times, but I think that mindset over a long period of time can be harmful because it's like, Mm. you know, sometimes you do have to figure out why you're feeling a certain way and that it's actually not healthy to be feeling this, you know, so often. Yeah. And so being able to find a balance of that too, of like, we have to push through life is hard, you know, there's going to be things that happen. Some things are out of our control. Some things are in our control, but we have to be able to push through. Um, But you also have to be able to sit and reflect and process what you're feeling and understand what you're feeling. And then, you know, the self-care comes in. It's like, now that I've identified, what can I do and what are the next steps? Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I was thinking about the Grinch for some reason, like you can't wallow <laughs> in self-pity. <laughs> yes, we have to, like, sometimes we have to push through, but we also can't let ourselves just sit and sulk and, mm-hmm. you know, finding that. And so she's taught me just so much of that and learning to, you know, get to that point with myself and be able to ask those questions. And I think that's why we've stayed so close through the years and, yeah. you know, we don't even live in the same state and she's moved multiple states and, yeah. Yeah. and being able to still call each other and challenge each other and talk about those things. I think that's why our friendship is so strong. Yeah. And to me, like when I think about it, sometimes I'm like, man, it's crazy, you know, that we're so close because we're so different in some ways, but then other times I'm like, no, it makes so much sense because yeah. I feel like she helps me understand myself and become the best version of myself. And so I'm so just like, obviously grateful for her in that regard. And, um, 
just, you know, I feel like I couldn't even be having these conversations with you if I hadn't learned those things from her in college. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I love hearing that. It's such good stuff. All right. So talk to me about coming back to your why and everything you do. You've had to kind of deal with that a lot. I mean, you had to give you a little background. So you had your wedding set in May. You had identified it was going to be this beautiful destination and everyone was going to go there. And it was just kind of this little storybook kind of thing. And then all of a sudden it was like, nope, we're getting married in mom and dad's backyard, but then we're going to bring everybody together later on and dress up and do it all over again. And you probably, and I mean, it was nuts. It was like six months. I felt so bad for you. And oh, by the way, we're going to graduate from college too, but never mind. We don't get to walk. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was just one thing after another. And so just you and having to kind of, okay, why, what's my why here? And, And then you go into teaching. I mean, just, there's been so many things. So talk to me about how your values and your why have helped you kind of carve out these decisions that you've had to make sometimes kind of quickly and mm-hmm. in, in these spaces as you've, you've navigated so many changes over the last few years. Yeah. And I think when I talk to other people and they explain it to me, I'm like, wow, it really has been a busy two years, but I think living it. And when I think about those couple of months, you know, last spring when, you know, the world was just chaotic for everybody. Yeah. I did go through so many changes, but in the midst of it, it didn't, necessarily feel like chaos. Okay. And I am really grateful for that because, you know, with the wedding, you know, I see it as we were able to get married two months earlier and we yeah. have been waiting to get married for a long time. Yes, before. you have. <laughs> you know, a long time. Yeah. And my parents, they told me, they're like, you have to wait until after you graduate college. And so my plan was to do it the next weekend, <laughs> but jokes on them. I got <laughs> You know, when we were trying to figure out what in the world are we going to do with this situation? There's so many unknowns. I remember it was a Wednesday and I was sitting with Garrett's mom eating lunch at a picnic table. And she was like, well, you could just get married now. And I was like, are you crazy? Like what? And that's what we did. We got married that Saturday. So we planned the wedding in three days. And I think it's just in that moment, it's like, we just wanted to be married. Whether or not our friends and family were there, that was hard not having them at our actual wedding. Yeah. Obviously, we are so grateful to have the majority of them at our celebration. And even then, a lot of -of out-of-town family and friends weren't allowed or able to come or felt comfortable coming, which was really hard too. Yeah. But our why there is like, we want to get married and we don't really care what it looks like or who's there. This is what we want. Yeah. And I think, you know, you do have to make decisions sometimes of like, maybe this isn't ideal, but this is truly what I'm desiring. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do at this time. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, you know, with teaching, I often have to think about my why because this year has been really challenging. You know, yeah. you think of the COVID year as being so hard, but to me and to most of my colleagues, this year is significantly harder Mm. because now we're actually bridging those gaps that they've lost in virtual learning. My students haven't had a normal year of school since kindergarten. And they're in third grade now. Wow. That's amazing when you say it that way. Wow. I know it's kind of scary. It really, it it is because those are such important years. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Because it's not just what they're learning academically. It's also just their social skills. They change so much during that time. Yeah. And so, you know, it's been really challenging. I'm not going to lie. And so, you know, finding those boundaries that I was trying to set, but then I feel guilty that I'm not doing enough to reach these needs that are very much there. Mm -hmm. But remembering at the end of the day, it's like, I want to be a teacher because I want to make my students feel loved and feel seen. And Mm. ultimately, I don't really care if they learn their multiplication fact or if they (laughs) can do two-step word problems. I care that they know that they can come to a space every single day where there is someone in their corner and that they Mm. just can feel accepted. Because, I mean, luckily at my school, we, you know, we're in a pretty good area. And so there's not a lot of kids that just have nothing and no support, which Mm. I'm very grateful for. But it's like, even, even if, you know, you live in a two parent home and, you know, you're, you can put food on the table. That doesn't mean that you're not experiencing hardships. 
Right. And so just being that person for them is the most important thing. And so I'd have to tell myself that almost daily of, you know, they might not be mastering these concepts like the average third grader would or how maybe my class did last year, but I'm doing my very best. And I know that they feel loved and they seem very happy in my room. And that to me is the most important thing. Well, and I love that. I love the feel loved and feel seen because that will stay with them for their whole lives. And, and those are the things that matter. I mean, they'll figure out the math thing, you know, whatever, but <laughs> I mean, you don't use a lot of that anyway, you no, know, like, no, you do not you remember the branches of government leaders <laughs> <laughs> now, so unless, like, unless you're the secretary of state, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, there's not that many of those, but yeah, no, but that feeling loved and feeling seen will go so much farther in how they feel about themselves and what they'll mm-hmm. go after if they, and, and that feeling safe, because you hit on something important too, is I think we make a lot of assumptions about, oh, they have, parents are married. They've got a nice house. That doesn't mean it's emotionally healthy. No, you know, no, that no. that's, doesn't mean it's emotionally safe. I mean, so I, yeah, I love that. And I love that, you know, that, and you're very like, okay, this is, this is the why, and this is what we're going for. All right. Um, accepting you talked about this a little bit earlier, but accepting the layered aspects of yourself. Yeah. I think this has been so interesting as I have been learning about the different layers. And I think at first, it felt so overwhelming of like, oh my goodness, there's a lot more to me than I thought. <laughs> and which can be really good. But also, I think it can be really hard of like, wow, no sure. wonder I feel this way. Like, it's so much deeper. Yeah. And um, and so I think just, you know, learning that there is, whenever we feel any type of way, there mm-hmm. is something deeper there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can take a second to figure out and, you know, move those layers back in order to get to the core of what might be going on. And sometimes, you know, things can even go back to childhood. You're Mm -hmm. like, man, that makes a lot of sense that I feel this way because of this situation that happened in my childhood. And I've never made that connection before. Mm -hmm. And so I think the biggest thing with layers is being able to ask yourself questions and to figure out, you know, how am I feeling and why am I feeling this way and what might have caused this? And again, that's something that Kylie does so well. It should be like, well, like, what do you think would be, you know, the root to that? And where do you think this feeling is coming from? And it's like, well, hmm, this actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <That makes sense. laughs> but she, and I feel like whenever we have this conversation, she's like, you know, I kind of knew the answer, but I just had to help you get there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a really empowering thing too. And that's, yes, that's this is this is what happens when one of your best friends is in a public health and social work and yeah. masters <laughs> and a psychology major and anthropology major in college. You get all those. You get yeah. all those. In, it's like a session every time. <laughs> and talk to me too though about moving out of college and you know, you were known and even through high school, you know, you you were Kaylee, you were the softball player and moving out of that into like, okay, that's not part of mm-hmm. my, that surface identity anymore. Was that hard or was, did that help you dive into the other layers of yourself? Talk about that a little bit. Cause that can be a that, hard transition yeah, for people. Definitely. And I think, so in college softball was, you know, very, I guess, different than what I was expecting in good ways and bad ways. Sure. I think, you know, playing time and we kind of mentioned this before, but it can be so difficult to have these relationships because you're competing every single day. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you feel like you're worthy of playing time, but the coach might not think it's the best decision for the team and trying to be okay with that and support the team, even though you feel, you know, that you have something to offer and just that battle. And I think the mental game is mm-hmm. just vastly, you know, more important than the physical game. Yeah. And people would preach that to me growing up, but it's like, until you're really in that, you really don't understand. Sure. And so my junior year, I didn't have a lot of playing time and it was really, really difficult for me because like you said, I was Kaylee, I was a softball player. Mm-hmm. You know, when we would have classes, it's like introduce yourself, you know, say something that you like. And I was like, I'm Kaylee. I play softball. That was my identity for a really, really long time. Yeah. And so I think it kind of started that year when I did have less playing time. And that's when my relationships in our Christian ministry really became much deeper because it's like, well, if I don't have this aspect of myself, it's like, 
you know, there has to be something more that Mm -hmm. if I'm not the softball player and I'm not star of the team, what else am I? And I think that's really when I started to break down my identity, like, you know what, maybe it's not in the fact that I can run fast and I can like hit the ball every now and then, but there's a much deeper aspect of myself. And so I feel like that year was so difficult in that way, but I feel like I found myself a lot. Mm. And so then senior year, you know, (laughs) that was hard because I played like 11 games and then we ended suddenly. Yeah. And And that was the other thing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Her senior year softball season got cut off by COVID. We've left that part out. Oh my gosh. Ah. When you put it like that, I'm like, man. (laughs) I'm tired. It's like, you know, I felt like I had already processed a lot of Mm. losing my identity a little bit with softball. And so when it did end so suddenly, I feel like it didn't hit as hard as Mm. it would have if I wouldn't have had that year of kind of struggle and finding, you know, what more is out there for myself and what other passions do I have? And so it's been really interesting now that it's like a year out. Um, it's like, I do miss softball and there's days where I'm like, man, like I would give anything to just play one more game, but I also am very proud of the woman that I am without it and Mm -hmm. without it. And I think, you know, I'm glad that there's more to me than the fact that I can hit the ball and I can catch the ball, that there's a deeper person that has passions that wants to help people. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm just so grateful for that experience. And because I feel like without softball, I wouldn't really be who I am today. And, you know, even the times that were really, really difficult, I feel like it, it did help me to find more. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, that transition and kind of losing that aspect that was so strong for me at, you know, the majority of my life, I sure. feel like it, it wasn't nearly as difficult as it would have been. Yeah, absolutely. Very good stuff. Thank you for that. Talk about cultivating healthy relationships with others. And I think you have learned so much about that. Um, so talk about that. Yeah, I think this is a big why for me too. It's just, I really desire at my core to just connect with other people. And like I said, with my students, I desire for them, you know, to feel loved and to feel seen and safe. But I also desire that in my adult relationships and in my friendships and, you know, my relationships with my family. And so I think when I think about healthy relationships, the biggest thing to me that comes to mind is vulnerability and authenticity, Mm -hmm. because I feel like if I cannot show you who I am and, you know, unpack those layers and the parts of me that I'm not really proud of and, the parts of my story that have been hard, mm-hmm. then, you know, you don't know like all that there is to know about me. And I feel mm-hmm. like you can't understand everything until you do hear the parts that might be hard to share. Yeah. And so I really feel like if, you know, I can be vulnerable with someone else that it will empower them to feel vulnerable as well. And obviously there's a time and a place and some people might not be ready as fast as I'm ready for things, or there might be things that I'm willing to share and they're willing to share, but other places that seem, you know, a little more sacred at the time. And I think that's perfectly fine too. But I think being able to feel that you can share those things and that I, you know, and being my true self and kind of like, you know, loving people unapologetically and living out your life unapologetically. It's like, if I can't be my true self and just who I am, is who I am and take it or leave it. Yeah. Then I feel like you're not going to have those deep intimate relationships. And so I think they also come from learning about yourself and loving yourself. And before I can love myself, then I can begin, you know, to love others well and to have those relationships. Yeah. You hit on something very, very important there is you've got to have that love for yourself or it's going to be very difficult to operate in a healthy way with anybody else. It's yep. Very, very important. We could talk that we could talk about that all day. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> it is, it is, honestly. But it, that's so true and so important. Um, what are some ways that you process your emotions in a healthy way? Well, like I said, I'm very much learning that um, because I am an external processor. And so I think obviously I love to go to people, to my people. You know, I go to Garrett and I go to my parents and I go to my close friends and several of my close friends don't live in the state or don't live 
in the city that I live. And so phone calls are super important to me. And now we yeah. have voice memos yeah. on the phone that I just adore. Like one of my <laughs> friends is a missionary in Brazil. Mm. And so we're not even on the same continent. But yeah. I feel like we were very connected, you know, while she was away because of the technology, which I'm so grateful for. Yeah. That have that and we can keep those, you know, relationships no matter where you are around the world. Um, so I, I love, you know, to process with other people, but I also, um, spend a lot of like, um, my faith is really important to me. Mm-hmm. And so also, you know, I, I try my best to get in the habit of journaling, you know, sometimes it's hard. Like I, I feel like I have so many thoughts. Clearly you can tell <laughs> I have lots of things going on in my head and it can be hard to actually put it on pen and paper. And yeah. I could probably write a whole book in one night of all the things that I'm thinking about. Um, And so prayer has also been really important to me and just something that an outlet that I have of, I can externally process to, you know, someone who knows all and who knows exactly what's going on and is not biased and is not going to, you know, have any judgment towards me. Um, And so it was actually really cool because I was at a women's event at my church this weekend. And this kind of also goes with like, boundaries and, you know, sharing things and different things like that. But they, um, they read a passage in second Kings, which is not a book I'm very familiar with. Yeah. But it talked about a woman and her son died like in her lap. And instead of going to her husband with her, you know, obvious concern, she ran to a man of God that they had seen, you know, walking down the street. Mm. And so a big part of that was like running to the father and being able, like, let him be the very first person that you go to in times of need. And like, yes, I adore Garrett and he, you know, I chose him to be my person and going to him is really helpful. But for me personally, my faith has just been like that, um, a place that grounds me. And so it's like, yeah. when I have all of these feelings going on, I feel like I want to be like that woman. I want to run mm. to the father first before I go to anybody else and, you know, have that sacred time with the Lord, like in prayer or in journaling, where I feel like I can just, you know, let it all out yeah. and really process things in a way that's just to me much healthier than, you know, sometimes going to people because people are human. Yeah, people are going to give you the best advice that they can. And they they always mean well, but you know, there's no greater advice than like from your creator himself, you know? And so I think I want to work on that too, of like, yes, I can, you know, look for advice and I can process with other people, but like running to the father first and finding the joy there, I think is something that I think will be more healthy for me, like moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. How do you getting getting close to the end here? But this podcast is called the Field Podcast: Finding Empowerment, Embracing Layers. Kind of sum up for me how you live out feel. I think the biggest thing is just asking questions for myself mm. and just figuring out what in the world am I feeling today, and why am I feeling that way, and what can I do to help myself? You know, mm-hmm. I think all goes together like all the things I feel like you know we just all the talking points that you shared it's like all these things just really tying together and I feel like I talk about one and then you know it's more for the another one Um, but I think just you know really being willing to unpack those layers and not feel like overwhelmed by it but being like think of just how you know much joy it'll bring me to learn more about myself and how moving forward it's going to help me so much to know how I process things and why I process them the way that I do. Um, so I think just, you know, being able to accept that life, you know, is crazy and it's going, yeah. not going to understand yourself at times. And, you know, we're growing people too. And I don't ever want to feel stagnant. That's something that's really mm. important to me is being yeah. willing to be fluid and to move through life, you know, yeah. and to grow and to change. Um, but also like in that process, being able to unpack those important aspects like in each stage of life because sure. the way that I was and I think about it with like my relationship with Garrett is our relationship was so different when we were 15 and sure obviously we want it to be much better you know yeah. than it was then and that we've grown and it's been so much deeper yeah um, and so 
it's like, when I think about that, it's like, of course, I don't want to have the relationship I did at 15. But it's like, now it's like, well, of course, when I'm 30, I don't want to have the relationship that I have now. And so even though it works for me now, it's like, I want to be willing to change and be willing to, you know, unpack whatever is going to come my way, because there might be layers that I haven't reached quite yet. And it's not going to come up until later in life. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, But also just, you know, empowering the women in my life and, you know, the men as well Mm -hmm. to be willing to get to that point and to Mm. unpack some really difficult parts of their story that they might have, you know, haven't thought about before. Yeah. Um, And how just that can just be so helpful for understanding yourself and then understanding others and knowing that others have layers as well. And so we have to be gentle with them. Yes. Uh, Like with my students, it's like when they come in in a bad mood, I have no idea what they went through before they walked into my classroom. Mm -hmm. And so being able to love them well, even in times that I, I don't know, or I don't understand what's going on, but having those relationships, which again, goes along with being in a healthy relationship is just, you know, you're not always going to know what's going on, but loving the person for who they are and where they are in that moment, because we're not always our best selves. You know, we have days that it's like, I feel like I have nothing left to give and I don't feel like I'm being my best, but it's like having people to pick you up and to encourage you in those moments is what's so important. Yeah. Oh, lots of good stuff there. <laughs> my goodness. She's so wise. I've grown up so much since I first met you. I know this is, it's fun though. It's fun to watch. It's fun to see. I love seeing this stuff. All right. Name five activities that nourish you. So I did mention bubble baths and I don't want to say it in, you know, a cliche way, but I think just having, especially right before I go to bed, I've been learning mm. that I need that time, you know, to take a bubble bath or take a hot shower and just have alone time. Yeah. And I used to not want alone time. I used, and I'm still very much a people person, but just having that alone time before bed definitely is something that makes me feel nour- nourished. Um, and then kind of like I, was mentioning before with like quiet time and time in prayer. I'm trying to get in a routine, which was something that my friend and I came up with at the beach of having <laughs> a better morning routine. And so mm. like this morning I woke up a little bit earlier and I was able to have some quiet time. And I felt like just going into my day was just so much smoother. Yeah. Another one would be um, helping others and making a difference in other people's lives, mm. which is why I'm a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, Another would be quality time, which can be really difficult because I do have a lot of relationships that aren't, you know, right here. Sure. Um, But especially with Garrett, just having time, you know, we like to play games together. We like Mm -hmm. to cook dinner together and finding that time because that's one of my love languages is quality time. Mm. Um, So being able to have that intentional time, but also um, the last thing that nourishes me is intentional conversation, which is exactly Mm. what we're having. Yeah. So this conversation is so life-giving to me, you know, you're doing it for your podcast, but for me, I feel like I'm able to just process and to think about all the things that, you know, have been going through my mind. And so I'm so grateful, you know, to be able to be here and to talk about these things with you. Well, thank you. And that's why I started it. Honestly, it's life-giving for me. I mean, I've gotten to have the most amazing, intentional conversations over the last six months. And so, yeah, every time I sit down to do this, it's like, people are like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? And your full-time job. And I'm like, because this doesn't feel like work to me. This is, this is like, this fills me up. It's, you know, it's very life-giving. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that. I love hearing that from from people that I'm talking with on here. Mm-hmm. Um, Nay, five words on how you want to feel the next six months. So my first one is joyful. At first I was thinking of content, mm-hmm. but I was like, you know what? I don't want to just be content. I want to be joyful. Mm-hmm. And I do have a little short story about that if we have time Absolutely. later. But I'll, I'll go into the other one. So one was okay. joyful, two was confident, three was peaceful four accomplished and five connected. Good. Oh, wow. Okay. Give us your story on joyful. Okay. So last night I was trying to think, I was like, I need to have these five words ready, you know, so I'm not (laughs) on the spot. I want them to be intentional (laughs) um, and not just something I throw out. So as I was processing this, like I said, at first I had 
the word content. And, I, and then I was like, you know what? I want it to be much deeper than that. I want it to be true joy. And so I changed it to joyful. Mm-hmm. And then this morning when I was having my quiet time, I just looked on, I have like the Holy Bible app and they have a verse of the day. Yeah. And the verse of the day this morning was joyful are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Oh, wow. It just hit me so hard. of Like if this is the number one thing I want to feel six months from now, this is the way to do it. You know, seek the Lord and run to the father. And for me, I felt like that was just exactly what I needed to hear. And, you know, other people, obviously they have their different outlets and what fuels them and nourishes them. But for me, I was like, yep, Lord, like this is exactly what I needed to hear. And so it was so refreshing to be like, I even use the word, you know, yeah, like, yeah. he was like, here's the word joyful for you. This is the word you want. And this is how to do it. So that was so cool. Um, and so I was so excited to be able to share that part too with you today. Yeah, Awesome. That's so, I love when you see those things come together. That's so mm-hmm. cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, my dear Kaylee. She's like <laughs> one of my other daughters. So it's like, it's so fun to see her. And I haven't seen her in so long. No, um, I was thinking, I think the last time I saw you was graduation, which was so briefly. <laughs> I know we saw like across the lawn, like, yeah, like last hi. May. <laughs> I know that was so crazy. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for your time. Your very busy time um, with all that you've got going on again. Folks, you can learn more about Kaylee um, through the resources that will be shared, through our show notes, um, follow grades and grades and grades yep. on Instagram. And, <laughs> and we will have that link um, on our resources and we'll share that as we're going through and promoting the um, podcast. And if you're in North Carolina, if you're in the Raleigh, Durham area, how far away will you go? Cause I don't want to throw Greensboro and Winston-Salem out there and be like, wait, 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 Melissa, I'm not going that <laughs> well, far away. I do an order for a teacher I worked with in Greensboro. So okay. Okay. that's probably ideal, but just because of, you know, my other job, but yeah, definitely like the Raleigh Chapel Hill area. Okay. Um, I would love to have some more business. (laughs) Okay, sweet. So Raleigh Durham friends, Chapel Hill, going to be on there. Um, So yeah, learn more about that. And just thank you so much for your time. It was so fun to to talk to you and have this conversation, just you and I, because it's always in the context of, of course, with Kylie, because Mm -hmm. she, you know, you guys are such close friends. Um, But yeah, so great to have you here today and have this conversation with you. you. Yeah, I'm so grateful for it too. It was awesome. Good, good, good. Tell your parents hello. Tell Garrett hello. Um, We miss them all and we hope you're well. Um, Podcast audience, you're welcome again. I always say that, but I'm so honored that I get to introduce to you on a weekly basis, these amazing people that I get to know in my life. So um, again, follow us at embracinglayers.com at embracinglayers to learn more about our lovely Kaylee Blankenship Scott. And um, thanks for being with us and have a great week. Yeah.